0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. I'm going to begin this morning in Luke chapter 21. Luke 21 is where we'll begin. And as you're turning there, again, you saw some things about a corporate fast. Again, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I am going to ask you to do something, you know, but you got to choose that, whether it's a full fast, three-day fast, Daniel fast, whatever but i believe the reason we fast again is to draw us closer to pull us deeper that we would stay a little longer in the things of god and i believe in fasting. i i believe it'll cause some breakthrough to come forward in our lives well as you're turning again to luke 21 i welcome all of you here here our last sunday of, of 2021 and you know throughout the year uh, i begin to watch how god moves and stuff so i begin to pray and ask god for some direction For next year and just some of the things that I've gotten already is that it's going to be a year you're going to have to climb the mountain and some of you may not want to hear that but when you think about climbing the mountain again the only way you get to the top is to climb and so what you see to get there it's going to take discipline it's going to take dedication it's going to take determination and it's going to take perseverance and what happens on the way to the top of the mountain, many quit, many give up, many turn back, but I believe God will begin to hold us graces and mercies to keep on, okay? Keep keep, keep fighting, keep standing. You know, there in Ephesians 6, he said, when you've done all you know to do, then just stand. Well, it's gonna be a year, you're gonna get an opportunity to stand on the things of God. Now, as I start here this morning in, in Luke 21, I'm going to read something that Jesus prophesied about, and I believe it's a a present world condition right now. And just to, to set the table, just a little bit with what the Lord Jesus says here. In Isaiah 55, the prophet Isaiah said this, that as the Word of God goes forward, it will accomplish precisely what God sent it for. That it shall not return void, but it will accomplish those things. So pay real close attention in in verse 25 as we read Luke 21 through 25. And, And there will be signs. Expect to a witness... These amazing and perplexing signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. So literally what he's talking about, there will be incredible cosmic disturbances. Keep reading. And on the earth there will be distress of nations. There will be turmoil in nations. With perplexity, strange tides, the sea and the waves, they will begin to roar. They will cause destruction, desperation. They will be violent in change. Now, one of the, the translations of this takes it as to a woman is in birth pangs. And that word pangs, P-A-G-N-S, literally means that there, there will be violent calamity. Through the ocean, the waves, verse 26. And men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are going to come on the earth. So, what he tells us here is fear is going to begin to grip mankind, and there will be incredible fear phobias. Keep reading. For the powers of the heavens and the earth shall be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud and power and great glory. Now I want you to pay close attention here to verse 28. Now when these things begin to happen, when these things begin to occur, and they are occurring, look up. Lift your heads because your redemption draws near. Hang on to the things of God, okay? My, my redemption draws near. And so the things that are beginning to happen in our world right now, many liken them to a thing called global warming. That's not what it is, okay? It's the prophecies of the Lord Jesus. And remember, what he spoke out of his mouth, they're going to take place. No matter what mankind thinks, there'll be people that will laugh, they will mock you. But again, just hold fast to what Jesus said. And when I read what Jesus said here, he's literally saying, it's going to be all right in the end for my my children. It's all going to be good, okay? So hang on to that. Well, that didn't have anything to do with today. But I think we really, really need to pay attention to what Jesus says and his prophecies. Turn back with me just a little bit to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, and we're still on the area of our church, the Lord Savior, according to Matthew, 6, uh, Matthew 16, 18 and 19. Now, we've gotten over there on the book of uh, Revelations 2 in the church of Thyatira, where remember the Lord Jesus said, you allow, you permit, you tolerate. That woman or that Jezebel. Now, when we've looked at this over and over, there, there is the spirit that accompanies the Jezebel spirits, what that is. The three areas that the Jezebel spirit tries to go after is it wants to manipulate. Manipulation. Number two, it wants to intimidate, intimidation. And the third one, it wants to dominate you, a, a form of domination. So, we see those three things, and and when I say those three things, you may have the thought, okay, so when this starts happening, what do I do? Well, remember last week in in Luke 6 not Luke, Matthew 16, verse 19, the Lord Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom to loosen and to bind. Now, let's pick up off of that thought in Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Then the 70, which these were the disciples, they returned with joy saying, Lord. Now, I I want you to highlight or note how they address Jesus as Lord. There's a difference between Lord and a Savior, okay? When you confess Jesus as Lord, that means he's master. So they address him as Lord. Even the demons, the devils, are subject to us in your name. Now the name of Jesus signifies his authority. So the 70 have returned on this this mission trip, and they tell Jesus, Jesus, even the demons obey us, or subject to us in your name. So this tells me there's power in the name of Jesus. And I, I gotta get a hold of the name of Jesus And when I say that, I'm not saying that as as kind of a magic wand or a magic statement that I, I can just throw it out there. When we look at what they said by addressing Jesus as Lord, when Jesus is Lord of your life, that means you have a covenant relationship with him. That means you're married to Jesus. That means you're all in with Jesus. So can I tell you something? Jesus isn't into dating. Jesus isn't into living together. Jesus isn't about us coming around just when we need something. So when he calls him Lord, you know what they're saying? We're all in. We're all in, Lord Jesus. Now, I'm going to skip verse 18 and jump to 19 just for time's sake. Watch how Jesus responds. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, which are devils and demons, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing by any means shall hurt you. So he says, I've, I've imparted all this authority to you. Why? So you don't have to with the devil. Remember what he said? I give you power to tread upon them. So you know what that tells me? He's given me the authority, but he's saying, now, here's the authority. You do something about it. I've done everything I'm going to do. Jesus has already given us the keys of the kingdom. So he gets over again right here and says, you're going to have to take care of it. Don't put up with the devil. So how do I do? In the name of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that when I speak your name, things happen. Verse 20. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you. And when he says this, he's not denying the grounds of authority over demons. He's not doubling. If you'll notice this... He highlights us again that, yes, the demons are subject to you in my name. But look how he ends verse 20. But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Do you know the very most important thing in your life is that your name is registered in heaven? You know how that takes place? I'm saved by grace through faith, Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if you'll confess Jesus as Lord and you'll believe in your heart, you'll be saved. That's, that's, that's the, uh, the pinnacle. That's the highlight. you got to be born again. Now, again, he's not downplaying this, but he's just saying number uno is you got to be born again. That's the biggest thing. Don't leave the earth without knowing you're born again. And then it's like he says, And P.S., remember, don't tolerate the devil, okay? Don't put up with him. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And I believe when we get here, you'll begin to see how what the Apostle Paul speaks to Timothy here. To me, it begins to address some of the things that Elijah was dealing with in 1 Kings 18 and 19. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, therefore I remind you. Now he's talking to people that are born again, and he said, let me remind you, stir up the gift of God. Stir up this gift, why? which is through you, through the laying on of my hands. Stir up the gift. So what he's talking about here is stir up those distinct manifestations of the Holy Spirit that the Lord has given you to fulfill your assignment. And so he's telling Timothy, come on Timothy, stir up. There's things within you that are dormant that need to come alive spiritually. Verse seven for God has not given us a spirit of fear now it's interesting to me right here that the apostle Paul says this God hasn't given you a spirit of fear and he calls fear a spirit so if fear is a spirit The only way I can deal with the spirit is in spiritual weapons. So again, we we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our weapons are not that of humanity, according to 2 Corinthians 10. So he said, God has given you a spirit of fear. So when you see the word fear there, it has the meaning of timid. It has the meaning of... Of a coward. And the word fear, timid, and coward is never used in a good sense. So when I read this, I think, Was this what was gripping the prophet Elijah because of the spirit of Jezebel? Did a spirit of fear come after him that made him timid? That, that changed a man who we saw, who was extremely bold. And I really wonder if this is what Paul was telling Timothy. You can't allow this spirit of fear to dominate you. So when we read what he's talking about, fear is not merely a human disposition. But fear, it can immobilize you. Fear can torment you. But the other side is, know this. It's not from God. You know, one of the the Hebrew highlights of this says, it will make you feel powerless and alone. Now I want you to remember those thoughts right there, powerless and alone, because you'll see that mirrored when we get back to uh, the prophet Elijah again. Maybe that highlights to you. Maybe there's some form of a spirit of fear that has caused you to be timid. Timid is the opposite of bold. Has, has caused you to coward. Do you know one of the words for meanings for coward is to become disgraceful? God didn't create us to be disgraceful. So what do we do here? Well, God hadn't given us a spirit of fear, but watch this. But of power. Within us, we have the power of God through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He's saying, God's given you power and love, the perfect love of God, which casts out all fear, and of a sound mind. And when you see a sound mind, the sound mind is where we can make sound choices. So, when I highlight all this that he talks about here, was he telling Timothy, wake up. That gift within you has been dormant. You've allowed yourself to become timid. Now, go with me back into the Old Testament to 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. And as we get back here, uh, again, we're gonna see the things that begin to take place with the man of God, Elijah. And remember with the man of God, Elijah, and he had seen God move miraculously. I mean, just how God had fed him supernaturally, we talked about that last week. We saw him raise this widow's son from the dead. We saw him uh, just confront King Ahab. We saw him not only confront the false prophets of Baal, but to kill them. 450 the guy he was lit up remember and then this woman named Jezebel says if it's the last thing I do I'm gonna kill you and in that moment we saw this great man of God he shrunk he became timid he became a coward remember what it said he ran And not only did he ran, he he became despondent. He became depressed to the point he said, I just want to die. I look at that again, I think, that's the spirit of fear. That began to dominate him. And again, it shows us none of us are exempt. 1 Kings 19, pick up with me in verse 8. So Elijah rose and he ate and he drank and he went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights as far as orbit the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave. When I see the cave, I I still believe he's on the run. I believe he's hiding. So he goes into a cave and he spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? You're a prophet. You're the man of God. And the prophet and the man of God, his mission is to influence people. But you can't influence people when you're on the run. And you can't influence people when you stay hid in the cave. Now it's interesting. Father God said, what are you doing, Elijah? You know what I sense he's saying? Wake up. Wake up. Get up. You know, in Proverbs 24, it says a righteous man will fall seven times, but he keeps getting back up. The question isn't if you're going to fall. The question is, am I going to keep getting back up? Get up! What you doing here? Verse 10, this is Elijah's response. So he said, I've been very zealous. I've been very passionate for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel, for forsaking your covenant and torn down your altars, and they killed your prophets with a sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. So you know what he's doing here? He's feeling sorry for himself. You know what he's saying? I'm the only one that's serving God. Let me give you a little insight here. You're not the only one serving God. There's a bunch of people serving God, but when he says this, he is so intimidated, he's drawn back into depression still, and so this is how he feels. I'm the only one serving God. Watch how God responds, verse 11. Then God said to him, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, and what's implied here is it's time for you to do some rebuke in Elijah. You're putting up with stuff you shouldn't put up with. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore in the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. Listen to this. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Now, what you see behind the destructive forces of wind, earthquakes, and fire. They've always been stronger than mankind's ability to tame them. So when you see what happens right here with the wind, the earthquake, and the fire, I believe this highlights us as human beings. We're always looking for God to show up and manifest in this huge way. In this miracle way, we're looking like God's gonna do something so big, so big, so big. But watch God's response here at the end of verse 12. And after the fire, a still small voice, a gentle whisper. See, oftentimes, this is how I believe God moves. And when he says this still, small voice, you know what he's telling us? You're going to have to slow down in life. You are so busy. You have so many activities. You have so much noise going on in your life that you can't hear me. And so I believe he's speaking to us today that we're going through life waiting for this big moment, this big miracle or something, when God's saying, I'm just a whisper away. Slow down. Slow down. I want to tell you what's going on. Slow down. I believe that's a word for God for every one of us. Slow down. Get in God's presence. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and reveal things to us. So he said, I'm in a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantler's cloak, and he went and stood at the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? the second time. You know what I believe he's telling him? You still hadn't got it. You're still looking for these big men. Manifest- i told you the secret, it's still in a still small voice. What are you doing here, Elijah? But not only that, he's telling him, listen again, I've given you authority. Quit putting up with that spirit of Jezebel. Quit tolerating. Now watch his response. And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with a sword. I am alone and live, and they seek to take my life. Does that not sound familiar? It's real familiar. He says the exact same thing that he did in verse 10 He's still not getting up. He's still not walking in the 40. So literally right here Elijah retorts to self-pity He's in a pity party. No one has it tougher than me No one has more difficulties than me. You don't know what I'm going through You know what God's saying? Man, get up. Get back up on the inside. And so because he retorts to self-pity instead of saying, I'm going to get in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to allow God to stir up those gifts. Watch what takes place here. So the Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint. Now, he's going to anoint three people here. And I want to stop just a second to let you know about the word anoint. The word anoint literally is a, is a, is a grace of God. It's a, it's a special portion of God. That, that God graced men and women for, for special duty. He anoints for divine appointments. He he anoints with power and authority to fulfill certain callings and offices. Understand this about the anointing. Actually, the Lord Jesus in Acts 10.38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went about doing good and healing all those who are possessed of the devil. When God calls you for a specific assignment or a task, he anoints you. You got supernatural power supernatural power it's not you it's the ability of God within you and there's a mercy and grace and so he says go anoint now if if you really want to stretch yourself a little I encourage you go back into Luke 10 38 and look how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and instead of putting Jesus's name in there why don't you put your name in there? You know what that looks like in my life, and I say this: Ooh, how Father God anointed Stormy Swan of Kingfisher, Oklahoma, with the Holy Spirit and power, and He went about doing good and healing all those who were possessed of the devil. Now you know what I'm asking, God: Grace me, Father God, anoint me, anoint me. Woo, where you didn't realize it's the anointing? It's not you; it's the anointing of God. So He says, anoint anoint this guy named Hazel as king over Israel. So he said anoint him because I know he'll punish Israel for sin. And then he goes on and he says also you shall anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi as king over Israel. So he says here Jehu he'll destroy all the false gods and all the false worship in Israel. But he doesn't stop there. Now listen real close to this and Elisha the son of Japhat, whatever those other names are, you shall anoint as a prophet in your place. You shall anoint Elisha as a prophet in your place. You know what this means? Because you wouldn't fulfill the assignment, you wouldn't fulfill what I told you to do, I'm going to remove you and I'm going to put him in there. And when I read that, I think, so what caused this man of God named Elijah to not fulfill the, the assignment? He allowed the spirit of Jezebel to get him off the track. He tolerated it. And I believe that's what happens to many of us at times. We get caught up with all the fear and the phobias that go with fear that are surrounding us instead of saying, in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. I'm not yielding to the spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. He ends this and he says, and it shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu, will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha, will kill. You know why God said this? Because he said, those men will fulfill the assignment. They'll do what I told them to do. And if you want to study further, you'll find out Jehu is the one who kills Jezebel. He ends her life. So off of this, I begin to think again, is there fear that dominates me right now? Is there manipulation from the enemy that's coming through a person that tries to manipulate me? Is there some form of Intimidation that's coming at you right now Again, it may be coming through a human being, but we wrestle a lot against flesh and blood He said I've given you authority over demons and devils He didn't say I've given you authority over these people he said I've given you authority over the spirit realm And he's pitched us the kids and said do something about it Do something about it Turn, turn with me to Isaiah 54 Isaiah chapter 54, let me give you a little thought on this as you're turning there. Many of you have read books or heard about a man of God named Kenneth Hagin, and a jillion years ago, Kenneth Hagin, he he was in like a trance, which is like a vision or a dream. You can study a trance in Acts 10, it's all in there. Peter was in a trance. Anyhow, he's in a trance. And Jesus is standing before him and Jesus begins to talk and as Jesus begins to talk to him he said this little demon came and got right in between them and every time Jesus would talk this little demon would go yakety-yak yak 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 and 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 brother Hagin said I would look at Jesus and say aren't you gonna do something about it when are you gonna do something about it and then the Lord Jesus would speak to him again. And he said he'd begin to speak. And that little demon, yak, 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 yak. And finally, Kenneth Hagin looked at the little demon and said, Shut up in the name of Jesus. I thought woke you up. He got bold. And he said, Shut up in the name of Jesus. And the minute he said that, the little demon took off whimpering. Now, listen what the Lord Jesus said to him. The Lord Jesus said to Kenneth Hagin, He said, "I was wondering when you were going to do something about that." And Jesus said, "Wait!" Or Kenneth Hagin said, "Wait a minute, Jesus. You were wondering when I was going to do something about it." And the Lord Jesus looked at him and said, "Oh yeah," He said. I've done everything that I'm supposed to do. He said, if you wouldn't have done something, I couldn't have done anything. And then Kenneth Hagin says, no, 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 wait a minute. You couldn't have or you wouldn't have. And he said, I couldn't have because all the authority I have, I've given to you. Speak the name, speak the name, Isaiah 54. Verse 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, shall prevail, no weapon formed against you shall succeed. Now whether we like this or not, the devil is trying to form weapons against us over and over and over and over and over. And I believe one of the greatest weapons he uses is a spirit of fear that's why the apostle Paul said understand God didn't give that to you no weapon formed against you shall prosper now listen to this every tongue which rises against you in judgment you know where the tongue of judgment comes from it comes from people that begin to speak things against you that are probably under the influence of the devil Now, he says here, every tongue which rises against you in judgment. But look what he ends with. You shall condemn it. You shall dismiss it. So, I got real, real interested. And I dug to find out what the word condemned means. It means to express in strong disapproval. In other words, don't put up with it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Why can't I do this? Listen real close. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. That's me and you. And the righteousness or the vindication is from me, says the Lord. I'll see to it that everything works out for your good. But I go back and I look. We got to start condemning those things in Jesus' name. Uh uh. Uh uh. When the spirit of fear knocks on your door, it's like, well, I better be careful. We got people that work for them. I was going to say, Grace, just like the UPS guy, they show up at your door and say, Sign for this. Well, that's what the devil does. He knocks on your door and says, Here's your package. Here's a little fear. Here's a little timidity. A timidity and you know what some of us do we sign for it and I heard this years ago if UPS and FedEx merged you know what it'd be called fed up <laughs> I'm fed up with the enemy I'm fed up I'm, I'm not giving place I, I You can knock on my door all day you want but I'm returning to the center. I, I'm not signing for that I'm not gonna live under that and so when I begin to look at all this, this, this is what happens when men and women, great men and women, don't walk in their authority. But oh, when men and women begin to walk in the authority of the name of Jesus. And I want to highlight something as I end here. I'm not talking about looking under a bush everywhere for a devil. I'm not on a devil hunt. But I am telling you this, that when there's intimidation, manipulation, and domination that keeps coming at you, and it's manifesting through people, you better learn to flex. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. No weapon formed against me will prosper why don't you stand on your feet here I'm just going to ask you to bow your head right there where you're at I, I just want to start with this just bow your head because I, I go back to the beginning with the Lord there and his disciples in, in Luke 10:17. And remember they showed up and they said Lord even the demons are subject to us in your name I can't I can't use the name of Jesus unless he's Lord now you can use it but you're not gonna get any results just read the story of the sons of Scephah and you'll see what I'm talking about seven sons of Scephah but listen everybody in here that's born again whose names are registered in heaven they had to go through this prayer where they begin to believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and if that's you here today and you've never done that or you may be here today and you said you know what I'm I'm not in a covenant relationship with Jesus I I use Jesus. Only when I I need something from him do I come around. I think this is a great day, the last Sunday of 2021. That if you need to give your heart to Jesus or give your heart back to Jesus and you say, Lord, I need a touch of heaven today. I I need to know my name's registered in heaven. I'm going to welcome you down here right now. If that's you and you say I, I I need to give my heart to Jesus, why don't you come down right now? Just be real bold and say, "This is it. This I'm going to end my year." If that's you, I welcome you. Don't leave Don't leave Earth without Him. I'm telling you. Just the goodness of God. Yeah, come on. Here come some. Yeah, clap. Good day. You know I actually I, I know who these three are I know mr. Bob's been with us forever it's George here and this dear lady gave her heart to Jesus the other day and let me just say this um, you don't have to give your heart to Jesus every time you're in here but I do believe it's okay to do that you don't know want because I believe it keeps our heart really tender. I right? just said, Lord Jesus, I need you. I, I, I need you. I, I, I need a fresh touch, Lord Jesus. And, and that may be you here today. You say, you know what? I, I'm born again, but man, I'm caught up in this funk, right? I just need a fresh touch of salvation. that you, come on, it's okay. I do I that periodically. I said, Lord Jesus, just give me that touch of heaven, that born again where it's, it's rooted in my heart. Come on, it's good. It's all right. Well, what a way to begin the new year to say, you know what? I, I left on Sunday the 26th and I got a knowing in my heart here that Jesus is Lord of my life. Oh, isn't the Lord good? My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. The goodness of God. Else. Ah, wow. You Let's just let's just close our eyes and let's raise our hands here to heaven. Ooh, Father God, you see all our children, all your children here right now. Ever age. The red sheep, the black sheep, the brown sheep, the white sheep, the swirl sheep. Father God, as you look at every one of us right now, you're the God who created every one of us. And you're the God who knew that none of us would be perfect, that we're all sinners, every one of us. And so Father God, to help us right now with our sin problem, Lord, we ask you, you gotta go with me here on this, you say this, Father God, we ask you to forgive us of sin. Forgive me, Father God, of my choices, my actions, my behaviors, my my attitudes, the things that I've done to miss the mark. And I ask you to forgive me. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. And be Lord of my life. Lord, I pray on this last day, our last Sunday of 2021, that salvation would become alive in me. Oh, Lord, that that I would sense how real and good you are and fill us unlike any other time. And Lord, right now, over every one of us in here, I thank you, Lord, that we can declare our names are registered in heaven. Tell him, my name's registered in heaven. right here is your title deed so anytime the devil comes around and starts telling you you really don't believe any of that he's oh, hell yeah. out I got the title deed Romans 10 9 and 10 said that if I would believe in my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord then I'm saved and so my title deed is Jesus said that, that that he is the Lord of my life I'm saved Now, before we go today, you know what? If, if you've been dominated by a spirit of fear, manipulation, intimidation, or even dominated an area of your life that you realize, man, this isn't good, what would happen if we'd come before the Lord and say, Lord, stir up those gifts toward me. Stir up those gifts on the inside of me. And I welcome a fresh anointing today to fulfill my assignment, to fulfill the things that God has planned. And so it's this simple: I'm a Lord, break that in Jesus' name. But also, I welcome an anointing. And if, if that's you, and you want to come down here, remember what the Apostle Paul said to Timothy. He said, "We're gonna lay hands on you. We want to stir up the gift within you." And I want with of you give to fight 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 we're called to fight the good fight of faith we're called over and over through these things and so as they begin to sing I, I welcome you down here if you would like our prayer team to come down here and lay hands on you we're not into courtesy prayers We're won't pray over you in the name of you we're gonna pray God does something he stirs something up within you go ahead guys let's sing Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.